0: you know, some people are different than other people. And and uh, let me just share this with you and maybe this will help kind of solidify what he was saying. If I had a $1,000 bill, I don't. But if I had a $1,000 bill and I crumbled it all up and I threw it on the ground and I stepped on it and got it all kind of dirty and picked it up and kind of crumbled it and it, it just went through the washer and went through all kinds of things. Um, if I was Would you still want that, Dale, if I was to give it to you? Well, Why? Why would he want it? Because the worth of that $1,000 bill isn't in what happened to it and what it's been through. And if it's been beat up in the world and it's been stepped on, and it's not even what it thinks of itself, if it it could think. The worth of that $1,000 bill is what it really is. It's a $1,000 bill, and that's what it was created to be. And God has worth on every single one of us. And that's what we were created to be. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter that you've been hurt. It doesn't matter that you've been crumbled up and thrown down. It doesn't matter that you got some dirt of the world on you. It doesn't matter even what you think of yourself. Because the one who created you created you for greatness. And created you with a purpose. And that $1,000 bill had a purpose that it was created for. And so have all of you. And so that's what we were trying to share over the last week. So... I don't know if that helps with kind of solidifying what Jason was saying. but Father God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord. We ask, Father, that your anointing just flow in this place, that hearts and minds just be receptive to what you are going to say and what we will be saying through this time period. Lord, take this vessel and just yield it all to you. We ask that you speak under the power and anointing of your Holy Spirit and let those holies... Holy Holies. Just hit each one. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. All right. Well, let me go quickly over what we went through last week. I'll just do a quick review um, of what we went through last week. It was basically about who we were. It's almost like the story of the $1,000 bill. Who we are in Christ. Because if we don't understand who we are in Christ and where we're seated in the heavenlies and what Christ thinks about us and what he did for us and what God thinks about us and how he created us, It's hard for us in the flesh to live as who we are. And uh, so that's what the big issue with most Christians is today. I truly believe as a pastor, I see it over and over and over and over again, that people just don't understand who they are in Christ. They don't understand the blood sacrifice. They don't understand who they've been made to be in Christ. So I was going to go through the notes I had for yesterday, if I can get them open here. There we go. So. First thing we went through is what happened on the cross as Jesus was on the cross. What happened? The veil of the temple was rent in two, and God made a way that he brought us into his presence. Amen? So we went through that, and then we showed that in the scriptures and about how Jesus is the door and about how it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, that he says, Come boldly to the throne of grace to find mercy and grace in your time of need. So he actually invites you into his throne room, and that you're seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus, as it says in Ephesians 2, 6. Already. You are already seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. So those are things we discussed and talked about and shared in these scriptures. Ephesians 2.18-22 um, says that actually near the end of that, it says that you are actually being formed into the Holy of Holies, the dwelling place of the Most High God. So again, that's who you are. It doesn't matter what you think. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it doesn't matter if you've been crumbled up and tossed out by the world. It doesn't matter if you're dirtied up by the world. It doesn't matter if the soil and stain of junk is all over you. What matters is what God says and what he created you to be. Amen? And when we get that and know that and understand that, it changes our outlook spiritually. And this is there's a war going on between your flesh and the spirit. Now, come on. you got to get this. The reason why you're living so far below who you are in Christ is because you're letting your flesh win. And that's why we're going to go into a time of fasting. Fasting is nothing more than taking the flesh and bringing it under subjection and saying, no, I'm taking a time where I'm going to walk in the spirit. So much so that I'm even giving up food and I'm giving up stuff that you like flesh and I'm going to be living in the spirit of God. That's what fasting is. It's saying no to the flesh. No, you're not rising up anymore. No, you're not in control. That Jesus Christ rules and reigns over this vessel. And I'm going to walk in the spirit. That's what fasting is all about. Some people say, why do we fast? Matter of fact, uh, even some Christians say, well, Jesus said now that the bridegroom is with us, that we don't have to fast. Jesus said that when you fast several times in the scripture, fasting was something he did. Fasting is all through the um, book of Acts and in the New Testament. We need to lay down our flesh to understand who we are in Christ. Our flesh is uprising and it tries to rule and reign over us. And as long as we walk on this earth, we got this flesh thing that we are dealt with. We're a spirit trapped in a flesh body basically on this earth. Though so it's coming a time when we'll be free of that. But until that takes place, the flesh does not rule us. The spirit rules us. And Jesus Christ has given us the power to do that. So the, the spirit realm is much, much, much more important than the flesh realm. Amen. So we're in union with Christ. We went through all that. It says even that he's a great high priest, then we're priests, it says in the scriptures. Um, in Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 14, it says, how beautiful are your eyes of worship and how lovely is your voice of prayer. That's God saying that to you. That's what God thinks about you. He loves to hear your voice of worship. He loves to hear your prayer. He loves to hear you. He loves to be in in his presence. He loves you. Matter of fact, he loves you so much that he was willing to die for you and give up life for you. Man, just that alone. And I don't want to get into all of this, but we saw that on the sea of glass that where we live now in the spirit realm, that there's peace and tranquility. And that's why we can say to the commotions in our flesh and the commotions in this world and the storms of life. Peace be still, because we live from heaven to earth, and we bring heaven to earth, and that's why that Lord's Prayer says, on earth as it is in heaven, it's our job to bring that to earth, because we already in the spirit are in that place of peace. And that will be our eternal home, and it became your home when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So today I'm going to spend some time explaining that, then we're going to take the communion and so that you know and understand what communion is. It's so important. Um, we went into Revelation chapter 4 last week and saw what the throne room looks like and what's happening around the throne. And the 24 elders and the, and the angels, and they're all singing, Holy, 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 is Lord God Almighty, come on, who was and is and is to come. They were singing that over and over again in the revelation of God, and our prayers were going up, and God would take, and the angels actually directed the angels take take this incense with our prayers and mingle them, and they catch on fire our prayers in the heavenly realm by the Spirit of God, and boom, they come down to, to earth, and wherever our prayers hit, come on, there's a holy breakthrough of heaven hitting earth. And that's the picture of where we are spiritually and who we really are and how God really sees us. Somebody's got to get that and know it and understand it. So we need to lay down the flesh. Today, I just want to keep going there a little bit, and then we'll take communion. Uh, in Revelation chapter 5, we see this picture of Jesus Christ showing up on the scene of the throne room, and here he comes walking in. And everybody in the heaven at first is saying, who is worthy to take the scroll, basically the title deed back to the earth? Who's willing to get this? Nobody can take it. The enemy has taken the title deed to the earth. Who's going to get it? And again, I'm paraphrasing that. But hidden comes the Lamb, Jesus Christ, who died in your place. He got the scroll and he gave it to us. Matter of fact, he says, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Come on, basically, I got the keys back, kids. And I'm giving them back to you. And I read the scripture in Psalm 115, verse 16. It says, the heavens belong to God, but the earth he's given to the children of men. And so the keys have been given back. Jesus Christ has the title deed back to the earth and he's given it to us to rule and reign on this earth for the short time until he returns. We are not just his ambassadors. We are actually him living on this earth. So when people see us, they see Jesus. Until he actually comes in his second coming, which is coming very quick, I believe, we are the Jesus that is supposed to prepare the way. Just like a John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus. It's our job to prepare the way for the king. And then I even shared, I believe I did, that when Jesus sent out the seventy that actually those 70 went out to the places that he was going to go to and began to pray. And when they came back, they talked about all these things that even the demons are subject to us. And they were like all excited because Jesus sent out the 70 to prepare for him to come into those places. We are the sent out ones in this earth right now, preparing the way for Jesus Christ to come back on this earth to rule and reign. And we are Jesus on this earth. So that, I want to then get into something that's even cooler. I mean, we got all these gifts and all these things. I mean, all that stuff last week and what I'm talking about this week, wasn't that great That who you are in Christ? Let me share something that's even deeper than that and greater than that. There's a thing called the blood covenant. And um, if you study the blood co- covenant all through history, you understand and know what it really means. But it's the greatest covenant that a person can make with another person or that a God can make with man and in the blood covenant what happens is God's blood was shed in the place of our blood it was mixed then that covenant is drank by the two parties and what it says to the entire world is that all of me is in you God and all of you us has now been given to him. And it's an eternal covenant. And if you break the covenant, there's a curse of death. If you live in the covenant, it's life and peace for all eternity. And there's a story I'd like to share quickly before we get into communion. Of um, Anybody heard of Lin, um, Dr. Livingston? He was a missionary back in Africa um, many years ago. And he went through the tribes in Africa and many got saved and everything. But he got, got lost. He got way out into the African bush and so they sent Stanley, um, Lord Stanley, to go get him and find him. And he, So Lord Stanley gets 2,000 men, they're all well equipped, and they're going to go find Livingston. But what happens is as soon as they get going into the bush, the greatest um, chieftain of that area saying, you ain't going any farther, and began to raid Stanley's party and began to steal stuff from them and even some of the chief's men killed some of Stanley's men uh, their supplies start wearing out. Stanley starts getting sick. He has a goat; is all he has because all he can drink is goat milk. So he has this precious goat because his stomach begins to get all messed up. So the chief's men start saying, "You got to make a blood covenant with the chief, or you're going no farther. You're going to die right here." And you know he thought it was some pagan thing. But here's what happened: Stanley finally gave in. He says, "I'm going to lose all my men." I'll make this blood covenant with this chief. So what happens is Stanley gives his Chief captain. The chief gives his chief captain. they cut themselves. They drip the blood into a bowl. And you got to get this though a little bit. It sounds kind of ugly, but the chief and Stanley drink of that cup. as a reminder what happens. Then the chief gives Stanley this kind of copper stick spear and says, here, this is yours. And the chief says, I want your goat. And Stanley's like, you know, writing this. So he kind of says, what I was thinking was, you ain't getting my goat. <laughs> That's all I got. I have to live off that goat. But he gave the goat. So the chief gets a goat. And then the chief says, now, if you break this covenant, you're going to die if you live in this covenant you have everything that I have. And everything I am is now part of you. As a matter of fact I have herds of goats that you can choose from. My men and my warriors are at your beck and call. That spear that I gave you is a sign that wherever you go you show it and everybody will yield to you. So. This big blood covenant takes place. Stanley starts walking through the bush farther. He runs into another tribe. They see a stick. The spear. They kneel to him. Because they recognize what that is. Come on, the demons of hell know and recognize what you have. You may not know it. But the demons of hell know what you have. You've been given the righteous covering of Jesus Christ. The robe of righteousness is upon you. And they know it and they see it. They will try to trick you into thinking that you're less than who you are and that it's not going to get you past them. But you have that and you have all right to walk in what God has given you. Everything that God has, he has given you through the blood covenant that he made with his son when when he died on the cross. That blood covenant is so important for us to know and understand. Nothing but the blood. Come on, we sing it. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You have to know and understand what that means in your life. God is saying to you I give you my blood, I take the death that you are supposed to have, your blood, we're going to mingle that I am now giving you everything that I am because of the blood covenant. Everything that God is He gives you because of the blood covenant. And it's all through scripture. And and we're going to Drink of the blood. And that's why it says, do this in remembrance of me. And we'll do that shortly. But let me read in the scripture. You're saying, oh, come on, blood covenant, really? Let me read in the scripture. I'll read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I'll read from verse 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord on that same night which he's portrayed, took bread and would given thanks. He broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he took the cup after the supper saying, this is the cup of the, come on, now listen to this. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. As often as we do this, in remembrance of him, we're celebrating the covenant. Matter of fact, do you know that the Bible actually was called the Old Covenant and the New Covenant? The first covenant God made was with Abraham. He made another covenant with David. But basically, God can't ever, ever, because God can't lie, break a covenant. If God says it, it's got to take place. He is now in covenant with you. It's called the New Covenant or the New Testament. And all that accept the blood of Jesus Christ are now in a covenant relationship with God Almighty. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody's got to get excited about that. Uh, Hebrews 10.29 says, Of how much worse punishment do you suppose um, will he be thought worthy who have trampled the Son of God underfoot and counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing? You insult the Spirit of grace. When we don't understand this covenant and treat it less than what it is, we insult the spirit of grace in us. We have to know and understand what this means. And that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Hebrews 13, chapter 20 and 21 says, How made the God of peace who brought up the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of an everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. He basically says, through the blood of an everlasting covenant, he makes you who you are. See, it's an everlasting covenant on his end. Wow. Everything he has is yours. And there's been a great exchange. That's why in Galatians 2.20, it says, you know, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I die in my flesh, basically. What we're saying is we we allow our flesh to be dead. We're basically in covenant with him. And now he is raised, and so are now we are raised with him. You get that? Are you all getting that? This is important to you. Wake up. This is important to you. You have to know and understand and get this, and understand who you are and what you're on this earth for. I know that we had a, a text thing going out and I have groups of texts of 20 people and 18 people and a lot of texts. And One of them went out to a person who just got at the phone number of my mistake and man, talk about someone who's not under the covenant. And Those that got some of his words, you know, was F you this and F you that and you could see just the hurt and the anger coming and dripping off this person because they didn't know God and they were angry with God and they didn't understand who he was. But are we really walking in understanding when we don't understand the covenant and live lower than it? What if uh, Stanley, even though he had the spear, what if one of the other tribes tried to kind of psych him out or kind of fake him out? Hey, who are you coming through here? Even though he knew that spear and what it meant that he was carrying the covenant. What if he just said, you're not coming through? And Stanley said, oh, no, I'm afraid of them. I guess I'll turn around. That's what we do every day that we yield to the devil. That's what we do every day that we yield to the flesh. That's what we do every day that we yield to the things of this world. Come on, you all are doing it every day. I am too. So we need to basically walk into a fast time and say, no more flesh, no more lies, no more believing that I am something other than what God says I am. I'm in covenant with the king of the universe and I will walk in that covenant relationship and I will live in that covenant relationship here and now on this earth. And until he takes me home, I will be who he says I will be on this earth. Amen. So the great exchange or the, um, that we want to spend some time understanding is, and I got some of them down here, but there's more. All that is his, come on, is ours. Jesus gets our sin placed on him. We get his righteousness placed on us. That's part of the covenant. I mean, that'd be cool just than that. Jesus gets all of our sin nature. We get all of his divine nature. What an exchange in this blood covenant. Jesus gets our name, son of man. Come on. We get to use his name and carry his authority like a power of attorney wherever we go. Everywhere we go, he's given us his name. He says, whatever you ask of my name, it shall be done. We've been given a power of attorney of the name of Jesus Christ. And all heaven and earth is under Jesus Christ. And he rules and reigns. And every time we use that name of Jesus Christ in faith, knowing what it is, it's a power of attorney that Jesus said is yours. Come on. He's given us that. So in Jesus' name, oh Jason's gone. I was gonna say in Jesus' name, whatever that monk is that got on him is gone. In Jesus' name, we command that to be gone. He has no that has no authority, and by the power of the blood covenant that's on us, that thing that got on him has no authority. Is it on God? No. Is it on heaven? No. Do we have all what God is? God, I'm calling into covenant the covenant of the blood over that situation, I say go in Jesus' name. We have that authority. But do we believe it and do we walk in faith in that? Hmm. All of our sickness and all of our disease went on his broken body, went on Jesus. And we get all of who he is in heaven, all his healing. Spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Come on, someone's got to like that. Here's some more things that's ours. The word of God and his promises. So God has a what's called the Word of God. I mean we read from it, right? All those decrees, all the promises of the Word of God have now been put in our hands. And he says, All of that's yours. Everything in there is yours. Because everything of his is yours, right? In a blood covenant. Every decree, every word matter of fact he says in Deuteronomy twenty nine, twenty nine, and I'm gonna paraphrase it, if you've seen it done, it's yours forever. You know, when it says in Revelation 12 that we overcome them by the blood of the Lamb, that's the covenant, and by the word of our testimony, because when we start speaking it out into the atmosphere and start living it, come on, the word of our testimony and lining up with the blood covenant, we overcome the enemy. I love testimonies, but if you don't believe any of the testimonies, you're not walking under the covenant blood of those testimonies. And when a testimony is given, it's yours to grab forever because Deuteronomy 29, 29 says if you see it or if it's it's been out there, it's yours forever. So why don't we, we can go on, but let's have the ushers come forward. We're going to receive the blood and body of Christ right now as a remembrance of him. We want to do it as a remembrance of this covenant relationship that he has made with us. God has made a covenant with you in a relationship. And as they're coming forward, one of the other things, and we shared this a little bit last week that he's given us, is he's given us his spirit to live in us. So when we get off track, the spirit leads us into all truth, the spirit shows us things to come, the spirit is there as our counselor, the spirit is there as our guide, the spirit is our comforter. The spirit of the living God lives and is enthroned in your life. Come on. It says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. You've been given that as part of the covenant. Now, in this covenant relationship, is there anything else you need? Is there anything else you need in life to walk in God? Come on. We went through everything. First of all, our spirit's already in the heavenly He's already enthroned. We've been in this blood covenant with God. All the things of the heavenlies are ours. He says in Ephesians 1.3, I've given you all the things of the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus. Why? Because the blood covenant, really, if you wanted to expand that verse out, because I've made covenant with you, and you're in Christ, and the blood of Christ covers you. Now, if the blood of Christ covers me, every cell in my body is covered with the blood of Christ. I can tell on a cellular level, I can tell myself to line up with the blood of Christ, couldn't I? I mean, is, is that true? So how many of you are are, are really having some issues with some doctor's reports or some symptoms of something? And I do not want to see hands right now, but think about it. Have you ever had any issues? Today, they say it's the flu season. Those are just little demons. Come on, because it's not a God. I got one. On a cellular level, you can command the blood of Christ to flow through your body and touch those things because the blood of Christ is flowing through your body already. The command is at them. You have no authority over my body. Everything of God's is mine. The blood of Christ flows through me and there's healing in the blood. So I command you to let go. I command every cell to line up. Body, listen in the name of Jesus. You are flesh and you will listen to the spirit. And you will line up in the spirit because I got things to do with God. Yeah, I'm going to die and this flesh will eventually wear out. But until that time, I'm under the power of the blood of Christ and I'm indestructible. You have no authority over me. God determines when I die and when I take off this flesh. Not you. You can't put me down in in some sick bed anywhere. I call on the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus to come forth. And I will rise and I will walk in who I am in Jesus Christ. That's who you are. That's who you are. You have the authority to do that. Why? Because of what God did for you. So we're going to... As a remembrance of that, take the communion. That's why, again, Deborah and I, when we go out praying with folks and when we pray with people, we usually, if something's really on them and we're having some issues trying to get them to believe, we begin telling them about the blood of Christ, and then we say the communion, what we would like to prescribe to you as a prescription from heaven is this. Doctors have prescribed all these. Most of them got like 10 or 12 drugs that they're taking from the doctor. Here's what we're prescribing every day. In remembrance, take the blood and understand why you're taking it, why and what it means, and take the broken body of Christ. And as a remembrance to God, and as a remembrance to all the authorities of all of heaven and all under heaven and all in the universe, you're doing this in front of them, and you speak to your body, you speak to your spirit, you speak to your soul. I'm in communion. With God, because he's made blood covenant with me. Amen. So let's partake of the broken body of Christ. Let's all stand. Jesus, your your body was broken so that our body would be made new. You've made covenant with us. And by your stripes, we are healed emotionally, spiritually, physically to do what you put us on this earth to do. We call that forth. We believe it by your stripes, by your broken body. Come on, by your sacrifice and what you did, we are healed. So let's take of the broken body of Christ and understand and know the covenant that we're entering into. blood covenant was put together by God he says without the shedding of blood there's no remission of sin sin has no power once a blood covenant comes into effect hallelujah and we're in blood covenant with you your blood has washed away every sin your blood has washed all that is of this world away we are now in covenant with God Almighty, the King of the universe. We are made one with him, a child of the King, to rule and reign with him for all eternity. That's what this blood has done. I believe in the covenant. I will live in the covenant, and I do this in remembrance of you, in Jesus' name. Let's partake of the blood. Hallelujah. Jesus is so good, What he did. Amen? Amen. So, hopefully... You can sit down. Hopefully, over the last couple weeks, I've tried to share with you in human words, which can't really ever reach who God is, but as much as possible in in the human realm, share with you who you are in Christ, and where you're seated in the heavenlies, and what your destiny is, and what your purpose is on this earth. If your life, again, I share this, but if your life was a book, this is not it. Even the introduction, this is probably just the cover page this time on this earth. and all eternity, you'll have an eternal book written of who you are and as you walk in the spirit for all eternity, chapter 1 with God. Wow. Chapter 2 with God. All eternity, an eternal book that never ends. That's who you are, and that's what will be part of your life forever. Come on, that's so cool. But right now, we're in that little kind of an inter or preface or just the cover page where we're in a place where we're walking in a flesh body, but we're an eternal spirit. And I said something last week, and you need to get this. What better love offering could we ever make to our Father God than when we're in that state of living in a flesh body, in the spirit realm, to offer that flesh totally to him. And yield totally to him. And it says in Romans chapter 12 verse 2. To give ourselves as a living sacrifice. wholly acceptable to God. That's our reasonable service. To give that over to him. See, once we die and get our glorified bodies, it's going to be all good. I mean, it's going to be like we won't have those choices. We will all be like, boom, lined up all the time in the heavenly realm. But while we're in this earth, we got choices. And what a cool choice it would be to lay down this flesh totally and say, it's all yours. I believe in the covenant I'm going to walk in the covenant you have for me. And wherever you want to take this body, this flesh, I will line up in the spirit realm and go. What an offering. And that's what actually we're called to do in the covenant. But we've lost track of that. I am tired of playing church people (laughs) aren't you (laughs) aren't you ready for who you really are I mean come on we come in here we sing a few songs and we see God do a few things and we go home and go live our lives instead of lining up in the covenant of God and walking in the destined purpose that we have on this earth for the short time we're here Come on, that's what who we really are, and him. So let me just um, share something with you. Um, if we're going to go into prayer and fasting corporately, what does it say in the scripture about agreement? A blood covenant is an agreement. We will come in an agreement with each other. If two agree touching anything they ask, it shall be done. That's what God says. We are coming into a corporate agreement that we're going to pray together and we're going to fast and put down the flesh together and come together as a united body through a time of corporate prayer and fasting. That's huge in God's face and eyes because he sees his kids lining up and saying, we're going to do this. Come on. Prayer gives us the very keys of kingdom. We know that because it's our union with him. we have the ability to stop hell's worst release on this earth with the power of lining up in prayer with our Heavenly Father. And when two of us come together, come on, one can put the flight 1,000. That's pretty cool. But two can put the flight 2,000. And I think I got to a billion by the time we got to six or seven because of the multiplication and the exponential curve of what God is saying. Six or seven of us can put to flight a billion. Come on, what would 30 or 40 or what would 60 or 80 do united in Christ? What if this caught fire and you got it around on your friends and family? What if a holy fire began to fly up in the face of the enemy in this area? And God's truth and God's blood covenant began to be exercised and walked out in this area of northwest Michigan, in this area of Michigan, in this area of the United States. Come on, the answer for the United States is not political. And here's what's going to happen, and I see it in the spirit. I'm going to share something that's going to happen this year. You you can check me later. The political system in the United States, and you all know it, is going to go like this. They are going to try to take this president out because it's not the deep state of the Republicans or Democrats. There's a deep state puppeteer who's ruling over those who don't understand the blood covenant and don't understand God. And this nation has got to go down because, after all, how is Jesus going to come back and and deal with what's happening in Israel, if this nation is still as, po- as powerful as it is. And the puppeteer knows that. And the puppeteer has a short time the devil. The puppeteer has a short time in this earth. And he's going to get some worship out of some people. And so he's puppeteering these people. He's taking this nation down a path that is anti-God, anti-blood covenant. And we as a church are sitting in our pews on Sunday mornings having good services. But living the rest of our lives, watching it take place. And we complain about it, and we kind of like get with each other, and you put it on Facebook and all these other things. But what are you really doing? You are in blood covenant with the king of the universe. One of you can take down a thousand. Our war is not against flesh and blood. It's not against the deep state. It's against the deeper state of the puppeteer. This nation's going down. Unless somebody rises up and gets a hold of who they are in Christ. Unless revival takes place. Unless we know and understand who we are. And I see it. And I can see it as clear as day. And I know that most of you can see it too. We're at a threshold right now as a nation. We're either being dumped by this enemy. Or we're going to rise up and resist that. Come on, there's still some more people to be saved. God says that he wishes all to be saved. That's why he's so long-suffering. A lot of us are saying, beam me up, Scotty, mentality. Get me out of here. No, you're not done until God says you're done. Don't be looking like, I want rapture now because I want out of here because it's a mess. Look at, I've been put on this earth for such a time as this, and I'm the answer to the problem, and I need to let him rule and reign through me. I'm going to yield all my flesh to him so he can do the work he wants to through this vessel. That's the mentality we should live in. And we got to get it and know it and understand it. we got to fast of the flesh. we got to get our flesh down because this is the faith war that's going on. Faith and obedience is so important. We have to know and understand that our flesh is rising up and keeping us clouded and a veil over us to understand who we really are in God. Again, that's why... Prayer and fasting is so important. I can go on and on. You all know in Romans chapter 8, it says, you know, the flesh means death, living in the flesh. To live in the spirit means life. Uh, Galatians talks about it too. Basically, to walk in the spirit is life and truth. But to walk in the flesh brings death. What do you want to walk in for the rest of your days on this earth? What do you want to walk in? Are you going to walk in the spirit? Are you going to walk in the flesh and who you are? Are you going to walk in your covenant relationship with God? Are you going to walk? let your spirit rule and reign and the desires of the flesh and all the things of this world kind of push you to what and who you think you are? So here are some of the results that take place when we lay down our flesh and fasting takes place. And I'm going to Not read all of Isaiah 58, but I want you to look at Isaiah 58, verses 6 through 12 when you get home. Read those verses. I'm going to get kind of moving on because I want to have some altar time. Isaiah 58, verses 6 through 12. Matter of fact, I'll read it. (laughs) Verse 6, and this is the fast that I have chosen. This is God talking. To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke it is to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. And when you see the naked, that you'll cover them and not hide yourself in your own flesh. Then your light will break forth like the morning and your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go forth before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you will call on the Lord and he will answer you shall cry, and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, basically the flesh that's kind of covering you, I'll say it in my words. If you take away the yoke from your midst, and the pointing of the finger, and, and speaking wickedness, because what comes out of our mouth, death and life is in the power of the tongue, and if you're speaking that stuff, look out, you're going to eat the fruit of it. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light Shall dawn in the darkness, hallelujah, and that's what we need. And the darkness shall be as noonday. Come on. The darkness that's come on this nation will become like noonday and the brightness of his glory on his children. There will be revival in the land. That's what that's saying. And the Lord will guard you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Basically, you're going to be healthy. Those from among you shall build the old waste places and you shall rise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets that you dwell in. There's a breach in this nation and it's time to repair the breach and live as who we are and why we're on this earth for. You were born for such a time as this. Come on, and I would go through all the benefits of that. I'm not going to read it. But you can see that God has a purpose and a plan, and our light needs to shine in these dark days. And who we are in Christ needs to come forth. We've been given everything. I mean, come on, from the blood covenant all the way back to our spirits living already in in the heavenly realm. We've been given everything we need. Everything that God has, he's made covenant with us to have available to us. But many of us say, but I haven't seen it. I don't know. I've never even seen a miracle. I don't I've never even seen somebody get saved. Well, the reason is because you're living in your flesh. That is the reason. Don't blame God that because you're living in the flesh outside the covenant that somehow you're not seeing God. You're not seeing God because you're not next to him. That's why you're not seeing God. Can I say that bluntly to you? all And to me, too. <laughs> the reason is our flesh. and We need to lay it down. The Lord is looking for a place to live. A place where he calls his dwelling place. Not a place to visit. He wants to come and make his dwelling among us. His body, the church. His body is called, by the way, a house of prayer. Everywhere that Jesus went, where he went into the temple, everywhere we went into the place, the synagogues in the area, he always called them a house of prayer. Are we known as a house of prayer? I'm going to tell you what happens on Wednesdays when we have prayer meetings. I don't see most of you. Are we called a house of prayer? Are you called a house of prayer? Does prayer consume you? Are you so hungry for it? I want to ask you another thing. What's more important to you? Because what's important to you, you're going to do. The reason why you're not here on Wednesdays is because you have something more important to do in your mind. We have declarations that we're going to spend over this time of this week of fasting and prayer. Please pick these up, but basically um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, each day is laid out. Sunday I'll read to you. Sunday, here's the declarations we want to all declare in unity. And it's over our church, but we just want to do it over our church, and then you can break these into individual declarations over yourself. But Cornerstone is a church whose Lord is Jesus Christ, is a soul-winning, disciple-making church, is densely populated with true believers and disciples, is a community where everyone's needs are met, is a place of love, joy, and peace, is where learning is a joy. That's just Sunday's. Begin to speak declarations over your life. These declarations for the week over the church, declarations of who you are in Christ by using the word of God. Pray the word of God. It says, God, you said in Philippians 4, 13, that I can do all things things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Father, you said in your word that Christ in me is the hope of glory. Hallelujah. I got the glory of God in me because Christ is in me. That's how we need to start praying and understanding. We just need to declare what he's given us. Those declarations are ours. The word of God is ours, right? And living those declarations. So let's all stand. I want to read something I wrote down. It says, whoever is not loosed from Satan's grip in this lifetime will come under Satan's dominion for all eternity. Our mission is to bring resurrection life to those who are dead. Father God, right now I just call out to you and repent of my own flesh. I put other things ahead of you. I've not walked in the covenant like I should. I've not really took time to go deeper and to learn more and understand you more and understand that your love is so deep and so rich for me. I Sometimes I don't even feel your love for me. Sometimes I'm so filled with myself, I repent. I go my own way too many times. And I'm filled with my own flesh in this life and I ask you to tear it down I don't want it anymore I want to walk for you I want to live for who you created me to be I know you put me on this earth for such a time as this and I yield all to you all I give myself as a living sacrifice over to you holy and acceptable in your eyes and I make it my reasonable service I lay my life before you I surrender I surrender I want you all to if that's true in your life too, to begin to cry out to Him right now. This is between you and Him. Cry out to Him. Are you willing to lay it down? What areas of your life are so important to you that you are not willing to lay it down to Christ? Come on, look in the mirror right now. You all have areas that you've not yielded to Christ. And you're going to say, who are you? How do you know that? Because I can see in the Spirit, I know what's going on. You know, I'm not some, never mind. <laughs> I can see. When I look at you, I can. I know what's on you. Just as much as you know what's on you. So look, why don't you just level with yourself? You're not hiding anything from anybody. And you're definitely not hiding it from God. And I believe that the enemy has ensnared some here today. but I call forth. The blood of Christ to wash you from that snare. Receive it right now. The blood of Christ is more powerful than any snare of the enemy. More powerful than any addiction. Come on, can the blood of Christ wash away addiction? Yes, it can. Can the blood of Christ wash away any issue that you're struggling with in your life? Yes, it can. Nothing but the blood, the blood covenant of God. There's nothing bigger than the blood. In heaven's glory, there's nothing bigger than the blood. And in you, there's nothing bigger than the blood of Christ. And he's given it to you, and he's died in your place. That blood is powerful, it's a powerful weapon. Come on, start claiming the blood over yourself. Start claiming your blood over that area of your life that you're struggling with. Start claiming the blood. I give it to you, Father. I know you can wash me with the blood. Take that from me in the name of Jesus. I lay it at your feet. Come on, but it takes something on our part. We've gotta lay it down. And when we start to turn back to it, we say, no, the blood covers me. Help me, the blood covers me. Are you going to struggle? Habits are hard to break. But as you declare the word of God, as you begin to say who you are, if you fast and pray and begin to lay down these things and go through the warfare and lay down all the things of the flesh, it will be hard. Your stomach's going to say if you're fasting food, I'm hungry and I don't like this and if you're fasting other things your flesh is going to say I don't like this and if you're fasting and trying to die to different addictions and issues in your life your flesh is going to say I don't like this but your flesh doesn't rule you you're ruled by the king of the universe and by the blood of Christ being washed over you amen thank you Lord thank you Lord we just call that forth in the name of Jesus rise up sons and daughters of the most high God into who you are and your destiny and purpose on this earth I call you forth into your destiny. In the mighty name of Jesus.